0: Well, hey there, this is Kim Constable. Welcome to the Strong and Sculpted podcast, the podcast by The Sculpted Vegan about all things strong and all things sculpted. And today we are going to talk about metabolism. This is one of the questions I continually get asked about in all of my programs because what I find is many women come into this program like me years ago and they're only eating a thousand or twelve hundred calories a day because they think that this is what they need to do in order to stay really, really lean. But unfortunately, whenever you eat that little calories, yes, you do stay lean, but you will never get down to athlete style percentages of body fat. And also you will down regulate your metabolism, which could have negative effects on the rest of your body. So this podcast episode today is actually taken from a training that I did inside of my private members area of the Sculpt and Shred program. But I thought that it was such an epic training. I wanted to bring it to you guys today as a standalone podcast episode. And of course, at the end of this episode, if you enjoyed it, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, because every single month we are giving away a free program to somebody who has left a review. And that even includes the the $1,500 Sculpt and Shred program. So what we're going to do is draw everybody out of a hat who has, well, not actually out of a hat, but we're going to use like an online picker because, you know, that's how things are done these days. Nobody has hats anymore. And you are going to choose somebody to win a program. And it could be you if you leave us a review. And don't leave a shitty review. Leave a really nice, positive, upbeat review. So anyway, I hope that you enjoy this episode. And don't forget to leave me a review. Let me know what you thought of it. And here we go. Welcome to this live training. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Today, I want to discuss the metabolism, okay? Because... We've all heard about the metabolism. We've all, you know, been talking about the metabolism. We've all heard that you can downregulate your metabolism. There's a lot of talk about the metabolism, but quite a lot of people don't really know what the metabolism actually is, what it does, why it's useful, and why you should protect it. So today I wanted to discuss um, specifically metabolism. And the reason why I wanted to discuss this, and this is a whole lesson within the Sculpt and Shred program, is because whenever we started these programs two years ago, what we realized was there was a whole influx of women coming in who were eating far 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 too few calories now I used to be one of these women right whenever I was um, a yoga teacher I used to live by the mantra of food never tasted as good as skinny feels right I remember reading that somewhere I think it was a I thought it was a Kate Moss quote but I think it was actually an Audrey Hepburn quote so i I heard this um, This saying, and I was like, Oh, that's so me. Like, I'm like, I'm, and I used to pride myself on being, you know, having like the ultimate self control. I used to be like, Hunger is just a feeling in my body. I am stronger than the feeling of hunger. And I would have like had, you know, been had a lot of pride over the fact that I was the kind of person who could feel hungry and choose not to eat because I believed that the way to remain really lean and I had a lot of fat shaming growing up in my family. So it was very important to me to stay. Very lean, as you can tell, it still is. Hence, why I'm running a company that you know teaches people how to get you know lean muscular curves. At least I'm doing it in a very healthy way now. And actually, just as a little side note, they do say that um, your biggest weakness is also your biggest strength. So my biggest weakness is I am you know obviously want to look totally lean, very sculpted. I've always loved muscles. Um, it is a it is a strength, but it's also a weakness because you know it comes from a place of inner deficiency. I come from a family of fat shaming. It's why I always wanted to be lean that's why I always wanted to be skinny. I just now found a way to do it that is healthy and that actually makes me look, you know, kind of ripped and toned at the same time. But anyway, I digress. So whenever I was, you know, years ago after I had my kids and even before I had my kids, you know, whenever I was um, in my teens, my early teens, I would have been very proud of the fact that I was the kind of person who could say no to food. You know, I, I really prided myself on the fact that um, that I I was very strong and I was strong-willed and I had a lot of self-discipline. And I loved, quote, you know, like I said, that food never tasted as good as skinny feels. And I prided myself on eating very little. And whenever I first started training in the gym, I wasn't tracking macros or calories at all. And quite often, I was so busy because I was teaching, you know, three, two to three hours of yoga every morning. I was homeschooling my kids. I was trying to grow my yoga business. I was so, so, so busy that I would sometimes arrive to the gym and Curtis, my trainer at the time, would say to me, his first question was always, what have you eaten today? And I used to go, "Um, I had a protein shake. And he's like, well, what did you have in it? Just protein. Okay, so you had a protein shake for breakfast. What did you have for lunch? "Um, A protein shake. (laughs) You had a protein shake for breakfast and for lunch? Well, yeah, I didn't have time to make anything else. We just blended a protein shake. But all that was in it was protein. And he used to say to me, well, at least you got your protein in. (laughs) But, you know, he said, Kim, you need to eat more, right? You really need to eat more. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. But like, I didn't really believe him. And I didn't really know how many calories, how little calories I was consuming until until I started to track. So I, I did pride myself on under eating. Like I never let myself have white starchy carbs. I was always looking for the next diet. I was always looking for the next, you know, get thin scheme. And whenever I I started training with Curtis and he started having me track. He put me on, um, I think he he worked out, I was about 57 kilos, which is... Uh, 57 multiplied by 2.2 is 125 pounds. So it was 125 pounds when I first started training. So he worked out my macros and calories for me and he had me start, start off eating 1800 calories a day. So I was like, you know, 1800 calories, that seems like a lot. So he said to me, you know, make sure that you, you know, eat those calories. So rather than changing my food, because I was still eating very healthily, I just wasn't eating a lot. I, rather than change my food, I decided just to start tracking my food. So I didn't change what I had for breakfast or lunch or dinner, but I just started tracking it. So every time I ate something, what I would normally eat, my normal diet, I put it into my fitness pal. And I was shocked when I got to the end of most days and checked my fitness pal and realized that I still had another 800 calories to eat to achieve my 1800 calorie goal. This is at the end of the day after dinner. I still had another eight hundred calories to eat, and I would be like, Have I only eaten a thousand calories today and to be honest i wouldn't have i wouldn't have had any more than that normally you know so I was some days I would have had twelve hundred calories or some days we would have gone out for dinner or you know and, and so I would have eaten more, but n- my average daily intake of calories was about a thousand calories, and I was really, really shocked to learn that now I am five foot eight in, in height, right. A thousand calories at five foot eight and 125 pounds or 57 kilos is not a lot of calories. a thousand calories is about what my children currently eat. in fact my children probably eat more than a thousand calories in fact I'm pretty sure they do so you you know it's not a lot of calories and so my metabolism had, had down regulated to accommodate or to account for the amount of energy that it was getting which was only a thousand calories. And it took a while for my metabolism to ramp up again and speed up again in order to um, take on the extra calories and start to feeding it into the right place and start feeding it into muscle. And then an amazing thing happened. Once I started eating the 800 calories a day, I, I got leaner. So I was, because I was training really hard in the gym, I was training five days a week in the gym with Curtis. So I had started this new training regime, eating 18, eating 1800 calories and my muscles just sucked up the food. Like they sucked up the calories. It was unbelievable. So every time I took progress pictures, I was leaner. So then I would increase by another hundred calories, take more progress pictures two weeks later and I was leaner and I would increase by a hundred calories, take more progress pictures and I was leaner. I actually continued getting leaner because I was what you would call skinny fat whenever I first started training. I was only 125 pounds, but I definitely didn't have a lot of muscle in my body. I was lean because I'd been practicing a lot of yoga. So I had like yoga muscles, which are small, dense, hard muscles. But, you know, I was about 25% body fat at the time as well, which I didn't look like I was 25% body fat because I was very lean. But I did hold all my body fat around my stomach and around my thighs and around my butt because I'm very much a natural pear shape. So whenever I I started eating more, I got leaner leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner. And I was really, really really shocked that this would happen. So why did I get leaner? Well, because I was Um, At putting greater demands on my body by training in the gym five days a week. So my muscles became very, very calorie hungry. But also as I began to eat and train more, my metabolism began to raise. And as my metabolism began to raise, my body just sucked up all the extra calories and utilized them to make more cell tissue, more muscle tissue, you know, the structure of your body and all that good stuff. So that was my personal experience with, you know, I have had both sides, right? I have had the eating very, very little coming into a muscle building program, only eating a 1,000 calories. And I've also then gone up to a very severe bulk. And I like get the height of my bulk before my last show, I was eating about 3,500 calories a day. So I have had both um, both sides of the equation, eating very little calories and eating a lot of calories and, you know, have a lot of experience now to teach this kind of stuff. And then, of course, I got very into, um, and then I wanted to know, well, what is the metabolism? What does the metabolism do? And Why is the metabolism important? Because I'm that kind of person. You know, I'm just like, if I'm going to learn something, I want to learn it in and out. So let's talk a little bit more about the metabolism. Okay. So there are two parts to the metabolism. Okay. The metabolism is basically the system that is your body. Okay. And a lot of people don't really know what it is. So let me break it down for you. There's two different systems of the metabolism. Okay. The metabolism has two parts to it. The first part is catabolism, which is the breaking down of something. And the second part is anabolism which is the building up of something. So whenever your body is in a catabolic state it means that it's breaking something down and when it's in an anabolic state it means it's building something up or creating something. So that's why you would talk about um, anabolic steroids. So people would you know have heard the word steroids especially in bodybuilding. Anabolic steroids are steroids that you take that help you to build more muscle. That's why it's called anabolism. So the, the two parts of the metabolism is catabolism and anabolism. And the way, the way to think about this um, is almost the way I like to think about it. I heard it described once in a YouTube video I watched was about Lego. So imagine, you know, you have like little Lego bricks, right? Well, you can go into like a big box of Lego, like we would have here in the house for our kids. And you could take out lots and lots of little parts of Lego and you could build something. You could build a Lego castle, okay, with those, with those pieces of Lego. And then you could, so that would be that would be um, anabolism. That would be building something up, okay? So you're, you're taking these little Lego pieces, you're taking individual pieces of things and you're building them up to make something. You could then start to take that castle apart, which would be, catabolism, so you would have a component, you would have an entity such as a castle that had been built, you could then take it apart and you could take it right the way down to brick by brick or you could take it down and leave little bits, you know, little parts of it and then you could build it back up into something else. You could create, you know, a a moat or a a housing estate or you could create, you know, a tractor or something else but you could take those building blocks and you could make them into something else. Um, The process of metabolism actually starts way, way before our bodies. It starts like the sun... Um, beams energy down into the earth, right? And then that energy creates, you probably remember this from science, photosynthesis, right? Photosynthesis, photo basically means to create out of light. So that that body will use a process called photosynthesis to help to grow grain and grow grass. And then, you know, um, then we will eat, we will harvest that grain and we will eat that grain. Our bodies will then break that grain down, you know, the, the little components of that grain, break it. Well, actually, even before that, that grain could become that grain will become pasta or bread or something else. So it will be broken down, which is catabolism. Then it will be built back up, which is anabolism into bread or something. Then we put it into our mouth and then our body catabolizes it back down into something that our bodies can use. And then our body uses the little parts of that grain to anabolize it into something else within our body. So the process of metabolism starts way, way before your body it doesn't just describe what happens inside your body it actually ha- it actually describes what happens when the sun beams down on the earth and causes things to grow and then even the fact that you know a cow would eat the grass and then not us because we're vegans, but those other nasty people, they would kill the cow and then eat the meat. Okay. So that cow makes something out of the grass. So it anabolizes the grass or breaks it down. First of all, catabolizes it in its digestive system, builds it back up, makes it into, you know, a bigger, you know, meatier cow. And then those horrible people, (laughs) those other people who kill innocent beings, (laughs) like sentient beings like cows, you know, I'm making light of it, but I'm not, it's not really something to make light of, but, you know, then they would, you know, eat the meat or they would drink the milk from the cow. And then the process. Would start all over again. So metabolism isn't just what happens inside your body; it happens, you know, it, it happens everywhere. So, what does the digestive system do with the um, with the food that we eat? Well, if you read the back of a label in the supermarket or the back of anything you, it will basically list all of the different ingredients that are in that food. So it isn't just proteins, carbs, fats, whatever. It's anything that is contained in that food that you put into your mouth that goes into your stomach. Your metabolism or your body will metabolize that food. So it will break it down into the smallest possible components, then it will feed it out through your body, it will deliver it wherever it needs to go, and then your body will use those individual components to make something else, or it will just discard them if it doesn't need them. So the whole process of catabolizing the food and then anabolizing it into something else starts every single time we eat. So what does your body build this food up into? It builds it up into muscles, into cell tissue, into the structures that make our body, into our bones. It's you know uses it to repair your liver, your t- tissues, your digestive system, you know your heart, to grow hair, to grow nails, everything. So all of the processes of your body that need energy in order to grow, get bigger, get stronger, get better, that is all part of your metabolism. So to explain it down to its simplest terms, metabolism is basically you taking in a source that your body then converts to energy, which it then feeds out to the rest of your body in order to build something back up again. Your body is also... Permanent, you know, metabolizing the things that it doesn't need anymore, such as it's breaking down um, cell tissues that it doesn't need anymore. Your body then, you know, obviously, uh, you, you get a whole new liver. I think it's every three months or something or six months, your body makes an, a whole new liver. So your body will obviously break down the cells that it doesn't need. It will destroy cells that have become diseased or infected. And then it will create new cells. So your body is constantly repairing itself, just like you take out the trash in your house, and then you you know put a new uh, a new liner into the into the dustbin. It's exactly the same thing. Your body is cleaning out the old and repairing and building up the new, and this is what your body does continually. So, why is it important to eat enough food in order for this to happen efficiently? Well, what many people don't understand whenever they start a muscle building journey is that in order to build muscle, your body needs energy. So your body needs more energy than you're currently giving it whenever you take on a new fitness regime. So if you go into the gym like I did whenever I first started and you start training five days a week, you are placing a huge energy demand on your body that you weren't previously placing on your body. And if you don't give your body extra fuel to fuel those workouts, then your body is not going to be able to grow muscle. Now some of you may be saying, well that's all very well and good, but I'm trying to lose body fat. So, you know, so what do I what do I do with that? Well, if you're trying to lose body fat, you don't always need to give your body extra energy in the beginning because if you have extra body fat, your body will use the fat as energy. Your body has two sources of energy. It has food that goes into your body and it has it has fat cells, okay? Your body can break down fat cells into triglycerides, transport them through the blood to the tissues for energy. So that's why um, years ago, like if you had if you had body fat, it was seen as a sign of prosperity because only the rich had body fat because the rest of the world was basically starving. So if you were really thin, then it was a sign that you were very poor. And if you were, you know, if you had a big belly and you were, you know, like a, a larger woman, it was a sign of prosperity and it was a sign of fertility as well. So, um, but, you know, things have changed now, now we all want to be skinny and nobody wants to be fat. So it's amazing how society dictates these things for us. But um, so whenever you start in the gym and you're starting to train maybe four or five days a week, if you don't give your body adequate energy, now when I say adequate energy, you don't have to go into a bulking phase, but you do need to give your body enough energy to eat or enough energy to build muscle, sorry. And if you are only eating 1,000 or 1,200 calories a day and you are five foot six or five foot seven, even if you're only five foot four and you're training in the gym and you're doing you know cardio every day, your body will not be getting what it needs in order to build muscle. And it's one of the reasons why that um, people slow in their journey to build muscle and change their body shape because they don't understand the relationship between eating food and building muscle. And a lot of people think that protein is the most important thing to build muscle, but it's not, it's carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are are energy. Your body breaks down carbohydrates into energy fuels the muscle with that energy to give you enough energy to lift really big in the gym and break down loads of muscle tissue, which is, say it with me, catabolism. And then to repair, it gives your carbohydrates, give your body more energy to repair the muscle tissue, which is, say it with me, anabolism. So these two processes are happening all the time. Whenever you go into the gym, you are breaking down muscle tissue, you're ripping it, tearing it apart. And then whenever you go out of the gym and you rest and you eat, your body goes into a process of building that muscle back up. But if you don't give your body enough energy to do that, your body's not going to be able to build the muscle and you're basically just working against yourself. So um, I remember chatting to Mark my trainer once and he was saying about a girl that he had been training and she was coming into the gym and she was you know feeling really faint and and every time she came in she always had low energy and she was feeling really faint and he questioned her one day and he said you know what have you eaten today and whenever he this was quite late on it was maybe 6 or 7 o'clock at night he was training her and whenever he questioned her she had only eaten about 400 calories that day and apparently that was pretty normal she usually went home and ate dinner in the evening and she tried to to, to not eat all day like a semi-starvation diet Um, she tried to not eat all day so that she would lose body fat. But all she was doing was stalling and slowing down her metabolism, and she was actually working against herself. And because she didn't have enough energy during the day, her body started to break down muscle tissue in order to fuel itself, in order to give it fuel. And so she was literally going into the gym, and she was, instead of building muscle, she was causing her body to break down muscle tissue. The harder she worked, the more and didn't feed, her, didn't fuel her muscles properly, the more muscle tissue her body was. Breaking down. So let's talk about that for a little second as well. Muscle tissue um, can be broken down very easily by the body into amino acids. Okay. Amino acids are a great source of energy for the body, which is why whenever we are on a muscle building program, especially if you're dieting, I recommend that people eat. uh, people drink uh, branched-chain amino acids in their water, sip it in their water throughout the day, especially when you're dieting, because it means that your body will always have a constant supply of amino acids for if you ever have a dip of energy or if you're ever you know dieting and you're placing a massive energetic demand on your body, but you don't have a lot of calories coming in, your body can use the um, amino acids from the BCAAs for energy if it needs to. But if you don't have enough energy coming in and you don't have enough um, amino acids in your body, your body will break down muscle tissue. That is known as catabolism. So it can happen whenever you're doing very high intensity hit classes. So high intensity interval training or spin classes. I'm not a big fan of long prolonged hit classes or spin classes. I mean, 20 minutes is fine. 30 minutes is fine. But if you start to do any longer than that, your body can very quickly, you risk your body switching off its fat burning mode and um, shutting down fat burning because your body basically goes into an alarm system and it goes, I always imagine it goes like me me me, you know, like the alarms go off and it's like, you know, it's like alert, alert, danger, danger. And it just shuts off fat burning because it recognizes that it cannot sustain the energy expenditure that you are placing on it. And so it starts to, you know, send out alert signals to shut down the fat store because it goes, it says to itself, if she continues or if he continues... At this rate of burning fat then we will very quickly die we will run out of energy stores and we will very we could potentially not be able to sustain living for a very long time so your body recognizes that fat is a very good energy source and it wants to preserve fat at all cost so if you put a very high energetic demand on your body for a long period of time your body will very quickly release cortisol into your system it will shut down your fat burning reserves and it will start to burn off off muscle tissue. That is known as catabolism of muscle tissue. So you never want this to happen, which is why whenever I'm shredding or why whenever I am, um, you know, pre- prepping for a competition, I never, ever do any kind of hit style classes. I never do any high intensity classes because I don't want ever to risk my body turning catabolic and breaking down muscle tissue because I have worked so... So hard for that muscle tissue all year. I want to preserve it at all costs. So I will never, ever risk breaking down muscle tissue if I don't have to, which is why I don't do high intensity exercise. And it's why we always recommend in all of my programs that we do slow, steady cardio. Why is slow, steady cardio important? Because your body, like I said, has two main energy sources energy source from food and energy source from fat store. Whenever you start to do something like, say, the Stairmaster or uphill walking on an incline, your body recognizes as soon as you start to walk, okay, there's an energy output, there's an energy output, there's an energy output, and your body's constantly assessing, okay, do we need to use muscle glycogen, which your body always wants to um, preserve in case you like, you know, confront a tiger in the jungle and need to run. So your body always wants to keep, you know, it's always thinking ahead, your body it doesn't recognize that we live in this very modern world. It still thinks, you know, primitively that we're running around the jungle wearing loincloths and fighting tigers, okay? So it's thinking, if Kim meets a big tiger today, she's going to either have to fight it, unlikely, or run for her life, right? So we want to preserve her muscle glycogen at all costs. So as soon as you get on that Stairmaster, your body doesn't know you're on a Stairmaster. Your body thinks you're like pacing through the jungle, right? It thinks that like, you know, you're in the, you're an Amazonian goddess warrior and you're like pacing through the jungle. And it's going, okay, do we want to preserve this muscle glycogen to fight the tiger or is there a big enough muscle, muscle glycogen demand? For us to use the muscle glycogen. And it's like, no, no, no. And so whenever it recognizes you're doing a slow, steady, slow, steady, slow, steady, slow, steady, it goes, oh, okay, we can preserve muscle tissue. We, we can preserve muscle glycogen because there's not a big enough energetic demand here on the muscles for us to, you know, continue to burn off the muscle glycogen. We're going to switch to our secondary energy source, which is fat store. And it does that after about 20 minutes. So that's why people say, you know, oh, you know, I only had 15 minutes to do cardio. I'm like, 15 minutes isn't enough. Your body hasn't switched to fat burning mode yet. If you're doing slow, steady cardio, you need to do it for at least 30 minutes. And it needs to be slow, steady, consistent, heart rate in the 130 to 140 zone. And your body will quickly switch over to fat burning mode. That's why you piss with sweat whenever you do cardio effect. Like whenever I'm doing my Stairmaster cardio in the morning, the sweat is running off me in rivers. It actually runs off my stomach. It runs off my legs and it drips onto my shoes, okay? So that's my body in serious fat burning mode and it's just slow, steady cardio. But it's why slow, steady cardio is so effective for burning fat because you never risk burning off muscle glycogen. Your body switches over to fat store very, very quickly. Your body will also break down other muscles in the body for energy if you go into a serious calorie deficit such as your heart, Did you know? Like everybody knows that your heart is a muscle, right? the the biggest um, The biggest thing or disease that people who suffer from anorexia die of is heart failure. Do you know why they die of heart failure? Because the heart is a muscle. And your body, if it's if it's struggling to survive and it's not getting enough calories, now I'm not saying anorexia is a disease and they eat very, very, very little. I'm not saying anyone on this program is suffering from anorexia. It's not something I ever joke about or take lightly. I had a, a friend whose daughter suffered from anorexia. It was very, very painful to watch. Um, and so she, but the body, the, the heart is a muscle, okay? Your body isn't selective about where it breaks down muscle tissue from. Your body will break down muscle tissue in the heart. You do never, ever, ever, you do never, it was going to say you do not and you never, and it came out as you do never, you never want your body to break down muscle tissue in its most essential organ. This is not a good thing, people, okay? So you want to make sure that you're always feeding your body enough fuel in order for it to function and survive so it's not turning into a catabolic, it's not, you know, turning catabolic and starting to break down muscle tissue that you've worked really, really hard for. Um, uh, or, you know, obviously tissue in the heart. The other thing that muscle does within the body, the reason why you always want to preserve muscle is it raises the metabolism because muscle is very calorie hungry. So, muscle requires your body to feed it continually. It, it, it's, you know, in order to, um, it's it's live tissue. Fat is not live tissue, okay? Fat cells are, is just adipose tissue. It's just shoved into your thighs and your butt and your gut and all those places where you don't want it to be. So, um, but muscle is live tissue. It requires a constant supply of nutrients, a constant supply of amino acids and, you know, and all that good stuff in order to keep the muscle tissue alive and functioning and well. So the more muscle, you have in your body, the more food your body requires. That's just, that's just fact. So whenever you have more muscle, your basal metabolic rate, which is the rate at which your body burns calories to keep you alive, aka your metabolism, the rate at which your body burns calories to keep you alive raises because you have more muscle, so your body requires more calories. So whenever I was a skinny yoga teacher, five foot eight, 125 pounds, um, 25% body fat. I had very little muscle in my body and my basal metabolic rate was only 1,200 calories a day. Now, I was eating below my basal metabolic rate most of the time. I was eating 1,000 to 1,200 calories, which is very bad. I'll discuss why in a second. But the... Um, you, you know, I've lost my train of thought. now. <laughs> no, So you want to make sure that you are, um, sorry, no, the rate at which your body burns calories to keep you alive, your basal metabolic rate, the more muscle that you have, the higher your basal metabolic rate will be. So whenever I am now, I'm 143 pounds now, which is nearly 20 pounds heavier of pure muscle because I was 25% body fat when I started weight training. I'm currently sitting at about 14% body fat, 13, 14% body fat, and I weigh 100 hundred and forty five points which is sixty five kilos okay, so I now, but my basal metabolic rate is now i think eighteen hundred calories whenever i whenever I calculated it um, recently so it 's six hundred calories more. My body requires an extra six hundred calories a day just to keep me alive. And that's because I have so much muscle tissue. Your body also uses energy or your metabolism uses energy to grow your hair, to grow your nails, to um, create saliva, to blink, to you know function your digestive system. All of these things, to grow hair on your body. Um, all of these things are... Created by the metabolism, your metabolism breaks down the food that you eat into energy and then it feeds it out to all these systems in order to, you know, keep the body functioning efficiently. Now, how do you know if your metabolism is slow? Well a really good way to know if your metabolism is slow is to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, are you existing on a 1,000 or 1,200 calories a day? Because if you are, then I can promise you your metabolism is slow because there is there are very few people unless you are absolutely and utterly tiny who have a total daily energy expenditure of a 1,000 or 1,200 calories. Even my eight-year-old child eats more than 1,200 calories a day. So unless you are four foot five, excuse me, and an eight-year-old child. I can't believe it just burped. <laughs> Unless you are four foot five and an eight-year-old child, then you um, you will require more than that to keep you alive. So if you're only eating 1,000 or 1,200 or even 1,400 calories a day, you are not eating enough and you probably need to eat more. I would always rather see people exercise more and, and eat more than Exercise less and eat less. It drives me insane that most of the world, whenever they want to lose body fat, they just go on a diet. They cut out their food. They cut out their energy expenditure coming in, which further just just lowers the metabolism and just you know causes the body all kind of untold anxiety. Do you know one other thing um, that your body does as well if you don't eat enough calories? And this is this has been proven again. It's it's a study that was shown in anorexics. It um, it shrinks your brain the it is the the brain in people who suffer from anorexia shrinks away from the skull because if your body isn 't getting enough calories now this, this is extremes i 'm talking about, but I do want to you know to show you what happens whenever you do eat too few calories, then your body needs to function it 's not a good thing okay your heart is affected your organs are affected, and your brain is in fa- is affected you want to get over you know you really need to get over your fear of eating and and especially whenever you're training in a program such as this such as the Sculpt and Shred program you really need to understand the relationship between building muscle and eating food okay food does not make you fat food Keeps your body functioning efficiently, especially if it's nutritionally dense and calorifically light food. You can eat an absolute mountain of it and not put on body fat. Also, the more food you eat, the more muscle you will build because you're training hard in the gym. The more muscle you build, the more calories your body will require and the more fat your body will burn naturally. So um, so the metabolism, and, and how do you know if your metabolism's slow? Well, you know that you're, you know, not eating enough, obviously. Another really good way to know if your metabolism is slow is, you know, does your hair grow like wildfire? I had my hair, I had my hair extensions put in two months ago, right? And my hair has grown over an inch and a half in two months. I said to my husband the other day, I was like, are my hair extensions falling out? Because I can feel, you know, how far away they are from the skull. They were right up to the, you know, right up to my scalp whenever I first got them done. And- I And he said, no, they're not falling out. They're all exactly the same length. My hair has grown over an inch and a half since I got my hair extensions done two months ago. That's a fast metabolism. My nails grow like wildfire, fast metabolism. My nails are strong, really, really healthy. I, people always say, I wear shellac nail color in my nails. And people always say to me, do you not um, find that it really weakens your nails? And I'm like, no, it doesn't weaken my nails. My, wheels, my nails are strong as an ox. My eyes are white. I have plenty of saliva. You know, my digestive system functions functions efficiently. I poop three times a day. You're supposed to poop three times a day, guys. You're not supposed to poop once a week. It's supposed to be three times a day. My muscles grow. That's how I know that my metabolism is really fast. My muscles grow like crazy, even in a calorie deficit. Even when I'm prepping for a show, I always, always, always grow muscle tissue because my body has no reason to drop muscle tissue because it's getting regular food. So how do you keep your metabolism roaring along? You need to eat regularly. There's, there's three things that raise the metabolism. Okay. More exercise, more food and more muscle. We call this the triangle of truth in the sculpted vegan. I actually, somebody posted a graphic about it the other day. It's in one of the downloads in the members area. It's called the triangle of truth. If you want to raise your metabolism, you need to have more muscle more food and more exercise. What does this mean? Well, you need to eat regularly. I'm on a shred at the minute. I'm only eating 1500 calories this week. I won't drop any lower than 1500 calories. And I have to say, this is the first week that I have been pretty hungry. Okay. Normally I haven't been starving at all, but this week I'm like, I'm starving all the time, but I'm not really that starving because every time I get hungry, it's time to eat again because I eat five times a day. So I eat breakfast in the morning. Then I have a shake mid morning. Then I have lunch. Then I have dinner at about 5 PM. And then I have another shake. In the evening so every time I'm hungry it's time to eat again so keeping your keeping um, eating regularly keeps the metabolism roaring along another really good thing that you should eat all the time especially when you're cutting are carbohydrates Carbohydrates are responsible for keeping your leptin levels high leptin is the hormone inside the body that regulates metabolism. So whenever you have a drop in leptin levels, that's whenever a lot of competitors lose their menstrual cycle. I've never lost my menstrual cycle competing ever, even when I was down to 8% body fat because I always kept my leptin levels high with regular refeed meals on the weekend and I always eat carbs when I'm dieting. So see people who go on keto diets or who like who go completely keto and cut out carbohydrates, why would you cut out a whole food group? It's it, I, I just don't understand why someone would cut out a whole food group. Someone actually posted a question to me on Instagram today and said, can you talk about how, you know, you can build muscle while keto? And I wanted to write back and say, you can't stop being keto. Like seriously, just eat food, people. Like, you know, stop with all the crazy diets. Like just eat normal foods, eat all of the macros, eat all of the carbs and all of the proteins and all of the fats. Just eat them in the correct balance. Don't cut out a whole bloody food group. So, you know, you need carbohydrates to keep your leptin levels high. Carbohydrates also control the hormone ghrelin ghrelin is the hunger hormone that whenever your ghrelin levels drop, your hunger levels rise and you become really, really ratty. You know, whenever you become really ratty and really aggressive and just a little bit pissed off because you're hungry, kids get this all the time. That's ghrelin, okay? Whenever G-H-R-E-L-I-N, whenever your ghrelin levels rise, you get really ratty, really hungry. Whenever your leptin levels fall, your metabolism down regulates. So people who don't eat enough carbohydrates suffer from a slow metabolism because they're not eating enough carbs because their leptin levels have dropped. Increase in exercise. The second thing that raises metabolism. Whenever you exercise, whenever you are doing, you know, whenever you're training in the gym, whenever you're doing cardio, this is causing everything in the body to speed up everything is being metabolized in the body. It's in in an anabolic way. So things are being broken down and things are being built up at the same time. So things are being catabolized and anabolized. So your body is catabolizing fat cells or catabolizing food for energy in order to feed it to the tissues to, you know, to to keep up with the demands of the exercise. So whenever you are exercising, it makes your metabolism work faster because you're having to anabolize and catabolize, catabolize and anabolize different processes in the body, you know, food to make into, you know, energy, mostly whenever you're exercising, in order to keep everything moving efficiently. It also really efficiently works your digestive system. People who exercise in the morning have very efficient digestive systems because it obviously sends energy to your digestive system, helps with motility, helps with moving the stool along, and it helps with, you know, constipation and and all those kinds of things. So, you know, do you ever notice how the people who have the most health problems are, are usually the ones who don't exercise and who eat all the wrong foods and who don't drink enough water? I mean, there's a reason for that, right? It's, it's not that, you know, you're just one of these people who, you know, is hard done by. It's that, you know, quite often we cause a lot of our health pro- pro- problems through eating the wrong diet and through our inactivity. The third thing that really raises the metabolism, like I said earlier, is more muscle tissue. The more muscle tissue you have, the higher your metabolism because muscle is calorie hungry. So if you want to raise your metabolism you need to eat more, you need to exercise more, which will then in turn build more muscle. When you have more muscle, your metabolism is higher because your metabolism is constantly breaking things down and then building them back up again in order to feed your muscle or repairing your muscle and helping it to grow bigger and faster and just to, you know, feed it with a constant supply of blood and amino acids and everything else that your muscle needs. So this is a really good way to raise the metabolism as well. So, um, there's an awful lot more that I could say, believe it or not, about the metabolism, but I have like talked solidly now for, you know, 48 minutes. So I think it's probably time to um, to open this up to a and a and see what you guys have to say. I think that there's a, a lot, a lot, a lot of comments here. So I will um, scroll down and uh, or I'll scroll back up, actually, and I'll go from the top down and see if there's any more comments Um that, uh, that you guys have. Okay. So Charity is saying I'm eating about 1500 calories and I'm starving too. I've been fine until today and I'm so hungry. Um, she says she's about to start her menstrual cycle. So maybe that's why. So Charity, I'm exactly the same. I'm actually on my menstrual cycle at the minute. I got it yesterday. And whenever that happens, you're because uh, it's because of the, the, the influx of hormones. It's because of the rise of estrogen. And also it just, it messes with your hormones. And because like I said, you have ghrelin and leptin, um, your menstrual cycle actually raises your ghrelin levels as well. So it causes you to feel more hungry, especially your body recognizes that it's going to be um, releasing, you know, there's going to be a blood flow, obviously. So whenever your body is preparing to release, it wants you to take in more energy so that it can do its job efficiently. It's just your body signaling for more food. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to give your body more food, but your body is signaling for more food because, you know, your body just wants to keep you alive. So yes, whenever you have your menstrual cycle, it is harder to stay on track with your diet um, and just be kind of, you know, gentle with yourself is what I would say so i i actually do eat a little more even when i'm dieting unless i'm preparing for a show um, and then i don't let myself off the hook but today i had like a, i never have a protein bar but i found a fuel bar in my drawer here in the office and i was like i'm just gonna eat that fuel bar and i did and what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna do a second set of cardio to offset it tonight more food more exercise keeps the metabolism high so um Let me see what else. Uh, Josephine is saying, I feel hungry quicker, I've noticed. In fact, I wake up practically hungry. Does this mean my metabolism has ramped up? Yes, that's exactly what it means. So, what happens whenever people come into a program such as the Sculpt and Shred or one of my Sculpted Vegan programs and they start to place a lot of demands on their body? You become like a toddler, okay? Your body starts to release growth hormones into the body because obviously you are doing a massive amount of growing and building muscle. So, you become like a toddler, you become irritable and tired and hungry all the freaking time. So yes, whenever you wake up in the morning and you're hungry, it is a sign of a really really good and fast metabolism. I'm sh- Starving when I wake up in the morning. Doesn't matter what time I wake up. It's five a.m. I am starving as soon as I'm up. My body signals for food. So people ask me quite often as well, you know, about intermittent fasting, and they say, "Oh, I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting." You know, do you ever do intermittent fasting? I think intermittent fasting. I I don't. I don't think it's a good thing at all. I mean, it depends on what your goal is. But my goal is always to ramp up the metabolism in order to. Uh, keep the body healthy and in order to um, keep the body flowing and to build more muscle. Okay. So because that's my goal, I would never not eat in the morning because whenever you sleep at night, your body is in a fasted state. When your body is fasting, your metabolism slows down. Of course it does because you're fasting. Okay. And it recognizes that you're fasting. So it slows down to accommodate. Also you're sleeping. So your body goes into super repair mode. It doesn't need to, you know. It doesn't need to ramp everything up because you're not running around all day. You're resting. Whenever you wake up in the morning, if you don't eat within 30 to 60 minutes of getting up, your metabolism stays slow it stays slow. So we we never want our metabolisms to stay slow. We want our metabolisms to ramp up because whenever your metabolism is working efficiently and quickly, your body burns more fat. So this is what people don't understand. They're like, oh, do, I, do you ever do intermittent fasting? I'm like, never, ever, ever would I strive to keep my metabolism slow in the morning. I want my metabolism ramped up as fast as I can possibly get it up there, which is why, unless I'm doing cardio first thing in the morning, I eat within 30 minutes of getting up because I want to ramp up my metabolism. So yes, being hungry in the morning is a really, really, really good sign. Okay, Marie is saying, your advice has been so valuable, Kim. This was me. I never realized I was only eating about 1,200 calories. Your plan and my fitness pal has revolutionized this for me. I now eat about 1,800 calories. I'm eating so much more and I'm hoping to rev up my metabolism over phase one. I love that, Marie. That is fantastic. That was exactly what I was like in the beginning. I didn't even realize I was eating as little calories as I was. And as soon as I in increased my calories. Honestly, the results that I got were absolutely and utterly phenomenal. Like my body literally changed overnight. It was incredible to watch. Incredible to watch. Natalie is saying, what work, What helps for me around this time or around a menstrual cycle time is um, to make meals that are very nutrient dense but calorifically light. I love that you guys are all using that phrase now. I've noticed quite a few people in my network starting to use it now and I'm like, yes. So she says, I can eat a large volume of food to fill myself up. And also I make sure I split my food into five to six meals so I'm eating regularly. That's exactly what I do. People ask me when they're dieting quite often, you know, oh, what should I do? I'm absolutely starving. And I'm like, eat half of your next meal. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, like if I'm doing a protein shake, you know, I'm absolutely famished. I will make my protein shake um, really, really thick. So my protein shake in the evening, I usually make it into almost like a protein pudding. I only put a little bit of water into it. I put a lot of ice in it and I make it a very thick, almost like a, like a chocolate, like a thick chocolate mousse, like a, like an unfrozen ice cream. And I will quite often make that up and then I will just, I will eat half of it and then I'll keep the other half till later. Because eating half of it kind of takes away that gnawing hunger in your belly only when you're dieting. Um, you know, the rest of the time, I would obviously just eat normally. But whenever I'm dieting, I find that that helps. So if you can eat, you know, half of your next meal, that really helps. Also, soups are amazing. So um, the One Week Shred program that we're actually launching uh, tomorrow, um, we, in it, I one of the recipes I've created in it is one of my personal shred recipes, which is lentil soup. So lentil soup, really high in protein, really low in carbs, really, really filling. Like I have a cup and a half of lentil soup whenever I am, you know, prepping. And it's one of my favorite lunches. And I have that with a soy burger on the side and loads and loads of green salad. And I also have, you know, um, a coleslaw made from no mayo or anything, just made from cabbage, white cabbage and carrot. And that between the soup, the coleslaw and the burger wedged in between big lettuce leaves, that makes me feel so full. And it only has four hundred and twenty four calories. It's tiny, a tiny amount of calories for lunch. But you know, it makes especially the soup makes you feel so full and so warm and so hearty. And I think it's a really, really good lunch. So look for ways that you can make really filling hearty meals, especially whenever you're dieting, because then you do feel full and then you can eat. um, You know, you can also split that soup into two different meals if you want to, if you really need to eat um, in the middle. So, um, let me just see what else you guys are asking. Lindsay is saying, I've been pooping so much since I raised my calories. Indeed, because you're eating more food. So, the more, the more food you eat, the more you poop. A lot of people say, you know, you, um, a lot of people say that you, you know, uh, they don't poop very often. And I'm like, well, if you're only eating a thousand calories, you're not eating a lot of food. And quite often people who are eating a thousand calories aren't eating very, you know, high fiber foods or very, you know, calorifically light foods, but nutritionally dense, which means that they don't have a lot of fiber to digest, which means they don't have a lot of poop obviously. The poop talk is very prevalent in the sculpted vegan. You're just going to have to get used to it. So whenever you eat more food, of course, you do go to the toilet more regularly. Um, Gisela is saying, this explains why I lost my period when I lost weight last year. I wish I'd known about refeed meals at that time. Refeed meals are so important. Refeed meals whenever I'm dieting are part of my diet. It's not like people call them cheat meals. I don't call them cheat meals. I call them refeed meals because that is what they are. They are a refeed meal, which is part of, you know, you're refeed meal should be part of your diet. So I never feel guilty when I have a refeed meal. A refeed meal is part of achieving my goal because if I don't keep my leptin levels high, my metabolism will downregulate and I will it will work against me. So I have to make sure I keep my leptin levels high and a high carbohydrate refeed meal does that. A refeed meal, you don't want to have like an all out binge if you can help it. You can do if you want sometimes, but you don't want to go crazy with chocolate and French fries and pizza. You want to have high carbohydrate meal. So on my refeed meal or my refeed day, I've actually just written the four-week shred program. I've just written all the meal plans. We're doing prescriptive meal plans this time around. And I am giving everyone a refeed meal once a week, not a refeed meal, a refeed day once a week, which has um, the, it, which has like 40 grams of oats in the morning. And then it has a, a, a smoothie or a protein shake with a full banana mid-morning. Lunch has 150 grams of white rice. And then dinner has, I think, 150 grams of quinoa. It might even be 250 grams of quinoa. And then supper or... Your your last supper. I'm like, such a child. Supper! Your last um, meal of the evening is like a bagel, right? With a, with a protein shake as well. So, like, it's a refeed day. And that's because the new four week shred program is intense. Okay. The new four week shred program is intense and it's a lot of work and it's going to get absolutely epic results. It's launching January 3rd and it is going to get epic results, but it is intense. And you're going to need a refeed meal to make sure that your leptin levels don't drop. So, it's completely different to the last four week shred. There is no one part of it is the same, not the diet, not the calculations, not the training, nothing. It's completely different. And I'm so excited to launch it. I can't, um, I can't wait. Leanne is saying, what about when you're going through perimenopause? I've heard your metabolism slows down. How can we manage this? Your metabolism doesn't slow down when you're going through perimenopause, um, Leanne. A lot of people think that that's true just because you, whenever you start to go through menopause, you start to get, you know, put on more fat around your middle. That's just because the hormonal imbalance changes. Whenever you start to go through menopause, your estrogen levels drop. and uh, Whenever your estrogen levels drop, it, you can just cause a hormonal imbalance, which causes your body, triggers your body to store more body fat in and around your middle region, which actually a lot of people think um, is a result of the metabolism slowing down, but there's no scientific evidence to show that the metabolism slows down during menopause. It's just that you experience a drop of estrogen. So um, it's, it's totally fine. You don't need to worry about that. Um, the, I mean, there's a lot of women here who are perimenopausal, menopausal, and postmenopausal, and they're still getting epic results in this program. So definitely don't let that be an excuse. Not that I am saying it is an excuse for you, but just that, you know, don't let it be an excuse. Um, Alison is saying, is the one-week shred doable on the 18-month program? Of course, if you wanted to do the one-week shred, you totally could. We're launching it as a... We weren't even going to launch the one-week shred except that... we decided to launch it because after I released it as a bonus for uh, the fast action bonus for the 18 month program, we were inundated with thousands, <laughs> literally, maybe it was hundreds, but it felt like thousands of people asking, where can I get the one week shred? Where can I get the one week shred? So I was like, you know what? Let's release this as a standalone program that people can do just before Christmas with a one week shred challenge. There's no cash prize involved, but it starts the first week in December where um, I can't remember the exact date. I think it is the, mm-hmm, I want to say the, Second, is right after Thanksgiving. It might. It's either the second or the ninth of December it starts. I can't remember the exact date, um, but we're starting a one week shred challenge, and we just decided to release it as a standalone program. Anyone here in this program who got it as a fast action bonus, though, you don't need to repurchase it. Obviously, you can do the challenge along with everybody else if you want. It's just kind of drop a dress size for Christmas, okay? It's a short term, quick fix. It's not a long term solution to a, um, a long term problem. It's a short term solution to a short term problem. I have a dress that I want to fit into. I'm going to do the one week shred, okay? So, um, but yes, of course, anyone in this program can do it. You can just, you know, jump into the One Week Shred, do it, and then just jump back into the program. No problem whatsoever. What, whatsoever. Lisa Grace is saying that she made the soup yesterday uh, from the One Week Shred program, and she could barely eat one and a half cups, which is the serving size, making another batch now to freeze. And if you do struggle to eat the amount that you need to eat on the One Week Shredder, you do struggle to eat your soup amount and you're on a diet, then you can split it in half, and that will keep the metabolism roaring along as well, because you are eating more food and more regularly. Um, okay, Robin is saying I'm struggling with my meal plan and hitting macros while traveling. I'm okay with the gym adjustments, but food. Yeah, it's really hard to stay on macros whenever you're tra- whenever you're traveling. Robin, it really, really is. Um, I don't have any advice for you other than just stick to beans, lentils, and cruciferous vegetables as your carbohydrate sources. You know, um, shy away from. Um, white starchy carbs if you can and just just do the best that you can you just do the best you can it's very very hard to um, it's very hard to stick to a food plan whenever you're traveling okay guys I'm not going to talk any more about the one week shred because this live isn't for the one week shred this was specifically to talk about metabolism and I want to keep it very very specific but if you guys do have questions about the one week shred you can post it in the group um, and we will endeavor to answer them as the coaches always do and um, thank you so much for showing up today I hope that you enjoyed this live Uh, you'll be able to find the recording if you missed the start of it in the announcements that's where all of the lives are if you've missed any of the other ones they're all in there you can go back and watch them and after this group um is finished after the four weeks we will load them into your members area so you can go and watch them there as well so there you are. I hope that you enjoyed this episode about all things to do with the metabolism. It is something that I really enjoy teaching. I'm kind of, you know, a person who loves to dive deep into things. Whenever I discover something or whenever I have a breakthrough in my own health and fitness journey, I love to dive deep into the science and the research behind it. And then, of course, whenever I have learned it all, the, my, my most favorite thing in the world to do is to pass it on to you guys. So, um, like I said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do not forget to leave me a review on iTunes. I would absolutely Absolutely love it if you would. And of course, I will reward one of you who leaves a review every month with a free program. So go on ahead, leave that review. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time and attention and I will see you next week for another episode of Strong and Sculpted. Bye for now.